0: Hello, hello, my name is Clark Heron, a.k.a. The Harry Hobo, and welcome to another episode of A.K.A. Sports, and do, boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week, and join with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man simply known as Fletch. Fletch, hopefully your weekend has gone well, hopefully you did well in fantasy football, um, Any, uh, anything exciting in the world of fantasy football that you saw over this past weekend?
1: um good question man i appreciate it too i had a good week uh good weekend got to enjoy some really good games this weekend and uh also the kickoff of the nba season but fantasy football wise i must say i i was i i don't have any big news i mean you've, we've heard it all so far you know the injuries and uh and whatnot but the i guess i guess there is big news and i kind of mentioned this remember we had our fantasy football podcast a few um, a couple months ago now it seems like it was yesterday right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you recall one of our do's and don'ts or at least mine was be mindful of the bye weeks and try to avoid hell week which is week seven this year we got six teams on bye weeks this year and clark i must say man one of my leagues I'm decimated. All of my starting running backs this week are off the waiver wire. <laughs> so I guess you can, uh, you can say that's the interesting thing so far.
0: Yes. The bipocalypse has affected all of us. If you're sitting at any yeah. four and two, five and one or better, maybe it's not the biggest of deals to get one extra loss, but if you're three and three or less, getting that one extra loss could potentially push you out of the running. But That's what happens when there's six really good fantasy teams. Yes, including the Jaguars who have James Robinson uh, are on the same week bye, but... This is probably the worst we've seen in all of fantasy football, at least as long as I've been doing it anyway. So hopefully it gets easier and better from this point moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's stick with the NFL. Let's jump into our NFL news here after we show everybody where to see us. Obviously, if you go to anchor.fm slash aka sports or facebook.com slash aka sports FB, you can find us there as well. Uh, Now let's go ahead and go back to the world of the NFL. This time, we'll talk about a little bit of a trade rumors going around at this point. Uh, There was a big one with Deshaun Watson just the other day. The Houston Chronicle came out stating there could be a three-team trade, including the Dolphins and the Washington football team, sending Tua to Washington and a bunch of picks over to Houston for Deshaun Watson to go to Miami. However just like all the other trade rumors that we've heard with Deshaun Watson over this past year and a half or so at this point, it's kind (laughs) of here and there. We're not sure exactly what to believe at this point. Just stay tuned at this time. Obviously, it would be a mega trade to happen but again like we've mentioned many times before that off the field kind of allegation kind of stuff it's not going to go away even if you get traded it's still going to be there so uh, we'll keep an eye on that now Fletch beyond the the mega trade that could potentially happen is there other names that you've heard come across uh, the NFL trades as potential targets for teams
1: yeah, the other name that's been popping up and has been really over the last month is um, Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack um, has been mentioned in quite a few trade. Um, I don't know rumors. Um, I've seen the uh, Niners uh, just with their injuries, That's the Seahawks as well with their injuries uh, being mentioned as some uh, suitable places. Um, so it, it's possible that you could see Marlon Mack on the move. They do have a really good backfield with Jonathan Taylor leading them, uh, Naheem Hines being a really good pass catcher for them and spelling Jonathan Taylor, and then you have Marlon Mack, who's, I mean, uh, if you go back a few years, he actually played a very good role in being one of the leader leading, leading rushers on that team before Jonathan Taylor arrived. So, I mean, he's uh, off of an injury, but you could tell he's, um, I, I would say he's fresh. He hasn't really played a lot. So I think he could really bring something to a few teams that might need a little bit of help. He's not, he's not old or anything either. So that'd be something to watch out, uh, especially for like fantasy owners and then also to just any teams that could be in a running for him. Uh, and it could, you know, help, help out, you know, kind of build up that backfield a little, little bit or, or give you a little bit more depth in your backfield. If you're one of those teams that, you know, kind of got hit by the injury bug, like, you know, say the the Ravens or the, or the Niners, uh, just a few of those those teams come to mind as well. So we'll see how that, that goes. Nothing major outside of that, though. I think that's outside of Deshaun Watson, who's major news. <laughs> that's the only other news that I have as far as trade rumors go.
0: Yeah, the only other name that I have heard was Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a name that was tossed Mm -hmm. out there. Granted, Bruce Arians, the head coach, did come out and basically laugh at that statement. It seems like they're not willing Mm -hmm. to move on from uh, a potentially good backup there in case they need him in the playoffs, much like they needed Fournette last year when Ronald Jones was having a few issues here and there. So just another name to keep in mind just in case something does pop up. It's unlikely, but uh, much more likely, like you mentioned, Marlon Mack could be on on the move just because there's just not much more room left in Indianapolis at this point with JTT and Naeem Hines. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. I know the trade deadline is coming up, but there might be some other names moving around. Nothing crazy at this point, uh, but we'll definitely keep an eye on things. Uh, staying in the NFL this past weekend, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, really kind of just re-injured his already made injury. It was a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, he landed awkwardly when he got sacked by J.J. J. Watt against the Cardinals last week. He is out for tonight's game, so hopefully you don't have him in fantasy for football at this point. Uh, there's a lot of Browns out for tonight's game, including yeah. OBJ. There is most of their offensive line, both of their starting running backs. It is it is a mess there. Well, there, there
1: was just there was recent news. Clark OBJ is going to give it a go tonight. Oh, is he? He's going at least going to try. <laughs> we, I mean, and and we don't know what capacity, um, you know, he'll play right now. But um, I, uh, just checking out my sources here. Um, I forgot who exactly it was, but I did read today that OBJ was going to give it a shot, man. Uh, but outside of him, I mean, I know there's a lot of he's active. Um, and actually, so is Jarvis. I'm um, reading right, right now. They both are active. And bringing up injuries. So is Bridgewater. He's active tonight as well.
0: Correct, and they and also started. talked about uh, Fant being available tonight as well. So a little bit yes. of help for the Browns. But but there's two starting running backs out. Demetric Felton, along with uh, uh, the Ernest Johnson, will be leading the backfield yep. there in Cleveland tonight. Um, could be very interesting to see how things go along we'll see how long this injury keeps mayfield out i know he's played on it so it's not something that you mm-hmm. can't continue to play on but if it continues to fall like he did here you he might need surgery sooner rather than later
1: Yeah, i read something pretty interesting too about baker the injury is something i guess like you mentioned he can play through and they actually plan to play him after this game of course he's inactive tonight um as you mentioned next week he is supposed to at least they they think he will be able to at least start um now obviously case kingdom is a very viable backup um he's been in the league for years good vet so i think the browns are at least in good hands with somebody that they can at least trust to to manage the game but, um, yeah, that Baker blow was, uh I mean, no matter how you feel about him, he does mean a lot to that Browns team and um, means a lot to their success. So without him, we'll see how far they can really go and how well Case Keenum can play. I, I feel like the last I see, I saw Case Keenum was actually, was he the one that threw the pass that Stephon Diggs caught in Minnesota to put Correct. the Saints away? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought I had that right. That was, uh, I think, the last time I've really actually seen Case Keenum and, you know, meaningful meaning, meaningful football games and i mean i i everyone knows who knows football he's a he's probably one of the better backups to have in the league so we'll we'll see how this goes tonight uh pretty big game but a uh, lot of injuries like you mentioned on the table for the browns the other thing i w- wanted to mention from this game clark that's also very interesting uh on the injury uh side of things is jerry judy is actually he's not gonna play but he is working out before the game um they say he is progressing a lot faster than they assumed he would and he could at this point after this week they're listing him po- they're possibly listing him week to week
0: hey, nothing wrong with that especially for someone that is a manager of Jerry Judy in a couple different leagues uh take an extra mm-hmm. couple an extra week and a half off and come back mm-hmm. ready to go because we are going to need you down the stretch for sure but we'll oh, keep yeah. an eye on this game uh, and we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Uh, Let us go ahead and move on to the next uh, bit of news. This past Sunday, the Chicago Sky uh, have won their first WNBA championship. Uh, Candace Parker going back home. She was a Chicago native and was able to help her uh, Sky team get to that championship game and win it all. Uh, I didn't catch any of the game. Fletch, did you watch any of the game and maybe some takes from that game?
1: Yeah, actually, I did, man. Um, I mean, you know me. I'm basketball junkie through and through. So um, I'm glad they kind of wrapped up right before the NBA season. And uh, they had a pretty good series. Uh, Chicago took the first game. Phoenix came back and answered and won the second game. Chicago decimated them game three. And that's when everybody kind of knew the series would probably be over. That game three score was ridiculous, 86-50. to 50. Um, and then they put them away in Game Four. Uh, the funny part about this is, uh, I guess Diana Taurasi, she broke a door at the arena, and um, they decided to go ahead and take that door um, on the parade in Chicago. <laughs> so the ultimate troll there. Uh, I, I love, I love a good troll, especially in, in the world of sports. So um, that was that was good. And then also too, man, shout out, shout out to Candace Parker. She went home. And, and for us that watch NBA, um, we know she's been on TNT quite a bit. Uh, she actually is really good on TNT, and um, then you know, kind of got. But she's also taken some years off. I believe she had a kid uh, during the middle of her career, so she took a couple years off, came back, and and I'm glad she decided to go home. Not only did she go, go home this year, she was on the she was the first woman on the cover of NBA 2K, and then you turn around and you win a title. So it's been a great you know last 12 months for her um and shout out to her it's well deserved uh this i think is her second nba ring the first one was with the sparks the team she was drafted by and then everybody knows her track right record there at uh uh tennessee so i mean she's one of those legendary women's basketball players and she just kind of added a little bit more to her, her 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 legend so big shout out to her um clark the other news in wnba really quick i don't know if you noticed this but um, the WNBA had their 25th anniversary this year, and they had a fan vote that allowed the fans to essentially vote on who they thought was the GOAT, the greatest of all time in, in the WNBA. Um, now, for us that know basketball, there are some that barely played in the WNBA because when it started, they were already like 30 plus years old. Um, names like uh, Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Supes and t- come to mind. Um, so we don't know how, and then also Cheryl Miller, who a lot believe could be the GOAT of women's basketball, she never actually got to play professionally, so at least here in the in the States. So we really don't know who the actual GOAT in women's basketball is, at least in my opinion, but Diana Srozzi was, was voted as the GOAT, um, and she received a pretty dope like, uh, basketball, it was cased, um, very similar to what you do at Legit Framing, um, very nice, uh, has gold on the basketball, it's like a like a diamond or silver colored ball. If you haven't seen it, I I, I recommend everybody to Google it. It's pretty sweet. I don't know. Uh, I, I doubt the NBA would ever do anything like this because of the uh, the heated goat debate that it is. Uh, but at the same time, though, that was a pretty big accomplishment for her to be voted by, by the fans. And I thought the ball was pretty sweet too. So just something for the people to check out in case you're just interested and want to see something cool there. That was uh, that kind of that kind of I, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool, especially. Um, by the WNBA doing that for her and uh, acknowledging her as you know what the fans did.
0: Yeah, and agreed, and definitely want to congratulate the WNBA on 25 great year as well, great years Thank as you. well as the Chicago Sky winning their first WNBA championship game. Uh, we will keep up on the off season and see exactly what's going moving forward into their 26th season. Um, Let us move on to the next news and notes. We'll be jumping over to college football. There was the the great debate that happened and was born from the Oklahoma, Texas Red River rivalry game where uh, Spencer Rattler came in. He started the game. He didn't look great, so they brought in Caleb Williams, a true freshman. He looked phenomenal, helped them win that game, and since from that moment Mm – Spencer Rattler has kind of not really made the greatest impression upon really anybody at this point. He's really painted the picture of someone that kind of feels a little a little entitled, maybe someone that thought that the the job was his and he could never lose it, kind of deal. Um, at yeah. least that's the the impression that I'm getting. But luckily for Caleb Williams, he's taken the opportunity and shined. But it seems like with Spencer Rattler, he is destined for the transfer portal. Is that kind of the same thinking as well?
1: Yeah, I feel the same thing happening. Uh, I think the plan originally for him, I would assume, would be to ball out this year, go get drafted, right? Um, Was he eligible this year?
0: Um, I'm not 100% sure if he was eligible this season
1: it would be next season technically he would have okay i think been. it was okay.
0: next season when he was
1: going to be available it makes sense so i mean at this point in his career i mean i don't like how it's happening um i he removed the, the uh on his uh i think his instagram page he removed oklahoma from his page and just has quarterback there listed um instead of quarterback of the oklahoma or whatever he had before i know he did that um also too there was rumors that he uh Uh, They almost had to beg him to come back to the team and practice um, was, was a few rumors that were kind of tossed around. Uh, I mean, I look at it like this, Clark, Uh, we, we hold quarterbacks in a different light. They have more, uh, um, you know, responsibilities on and off the field than anybody else. Um, And I mean, you know, you can say unfairly so, but that comes with the position. If you know you want to be a quarterback, um, you know, what comes with being, being a star quarterback. So, I mean i think you need to behave as such right that's just how i would view it if i'm a star quarterback of a high school college or a professional team or not even a star just the quarterback of a team you you're kind of the role model or, or who people look up to um and the captain most times in the locker room so the behavior that we're seeing man it's a little childish um he does seem hurt which I, I would I would, I would would understand. I would understand. But at the same time, you also have to understand there's a job that needs to be done. And the job that he was doing was not really up to par, especially because of who he is. Um, I could see if this was an average quarterback. This is Oklahoma. Clark, remind me, who of the last like three quarterbacks in Oklahoma been that made it to the league?
0: I think every single one of them won a Heisman Trophy before heading to the <laughs>
1: league. Or at least we're in the running, right? Was it Hurts, Baker, and who am I missing?
0: Uh, it was Murray, along with uh, yes, Kyler Murray. Along with uh, Bayfield, and then also the one that transferred from Alabama. Can't remember his name right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: but... Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, you have three quarterbacks. And that, that recently have gone to the league. And let's, I mean, let's look at it. Jalen Hurst is a, is a pretty solid starter for the Eagles. I mean, a little bit to be desired, but at least he's good and, and, and uh, serviceable. Very good fantasy player. Uh, Kyler Murray looks like the MVP this season. And Baker just led his team to the playoffs last year and uh, competed with the Chiefs um, and very well last year in the playoffs on the way to winning, I believe, like 11 or 12 games. This, this, this is the guy that's supposed to be coming in and essentially continuing this legacy of great Oklahoma quarterbacks and we're getting this from him. So, I mean, granted, everybody can't be Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, but at the same time things I expected of him are not happening on the, on the field. And now they're not happening off the field. So, I mean, I wish the best for the kid. I do think maybe a change of scenery will help, but I think um, there's going to be a few things that he needs to do mentally and also, um, you know, with his game, to really write the ship here. I believe he has all the talent in the world, but um, I, and I want to see the kid do well. But I think he may need to find a new home, or you know, maybe write the ship there in Oklahoma to do so as well. I, it's up to him, to be honest with you. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on on uh, Oklahoma situation right now, Clark?
0: Yeah, at this point, they've they've found their quarterback with Caleb Williams. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I think coach. Uh, Lincoln Riley's even mentioned that unless they really need to make a change at this point or he's starting to make, you know, freshman type mi- uh, mistakes from this point, it, he's going to be the starter moving forward. Uh, but okay. for Rattler, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, you can rise up to the challenge and you can try and push your way and get better, not just maybe not for this team, but maybe the next team that you go to or the next league that you play in or – you can sit there and pout and continue to act those childish ways and and be there. I mean, again, there's certain players that uh, they're, you know, hit their peak in high school. there's certain players that hit their peak in college, and then there's players that can, you know, won't hit their peak until the NFL or in the professional standings. I don't know. I don't think he's hit his peak in college or in high school, but at this point mentally, it kind of feeling that way where he hasn't really, truly matured and hasn't gone past that hype that I'm sure he had when he was in high school. I mean, he was probably the big right. man on campus, that sort of thing. But yeah, you go to college, you're amongst other people that are just as talented as you are. And if you can't live up right. to that challenge, there's no way on this planet that you're going to live up to the, any challenge when you get drafted to the NFL. There are plenty Mm. of great NFL quarterbacks that just don't make it, but they were great in college because sometimes it just happens that way. But the better ones have some kind of chip on their shoulder and they persevere through it. And then they find greatness via that way. We'll see if that happens with him. Like you said, hopefully that does. But at this point, uh, he is uh, pretty much destined for the transfer portal at this point. Um, But we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, last but not least, into the college football realm, Ed Orderon and the University of Louisiana State has decided mm-hmm. they're going to part ways at the end of the season, which was a little bit of a surprise because a lot of the analysts that was talking on uh, college football game day were saying that if he maybe if he won the game this past Saturday against Florida, it was kind of playing for his coaching uh, career or you know kind of survival game, uh, but it seemed like. Didn't matter what happened, either win or lose, it was, it was just going to happen, but it kind of sounded like, based on what I saw, at least via, via news, there was some off-the-field incidences that were being brought up that could have potentially uh-huh. been part of this decision, uh, partly because he was, uh, well, having friendly conversations with a wife of a higher-up LSU uh, uh, individual, so We'll see if that's any truth to that, but uh, definitely on the field side of things, he's been struggling, hasn't really done anything since they won the national championship with Joe Burrow. Uh, Beyond that, it's been a little bit of a struggle to really kind of find the identity of that team, either offensively or defensively. So it makes sense to part ways, but I'm not 100 percent convinced that it was just strictly on the field stuff. the, The reason why for the departure
1: Yeah, I agree. It was not on the field that I believe led to the, uh, parting ways or, I mean, we know he essentially got fired. He's just allowing, they're allowing him to finish the season. Um, there were reports. The the one that you mentioned was also, uh, something that I saw. Uh, the others that I saw is that, uh, I don't know. Apparently, I, I mean, I'm not a big Ed Algeron guy. I don't really know much about him personally. Um, the, I guess they're there. He has like, I don't know, girlfriends, and he's allowing their sons to come partake in reps during LSU's practices. I don't know how old these kids are. I don't know if they're, you know, middle school, high school, or I'm assuming that they can't be any more than high school if they're, you know, being allowed just to only take reps. I don't think they're part of the actual, you know, they don't go to school at Louisiana State. Um, there was that, that was that I heard. There was also the fact that. Uh, They said he lost the team um, and his coaching staff. Um, So that that says a lot for a guy to lose his team and his coaching staff. When you lose a team as a coach, um, that's not a pretty thing. Um, It's not at all. Like, we've seen things happen in the past. uh, And I, I I don't have anybody to name specifically, and I won't go there. But at the same time there have been coaches that have lost their team and you see how bad that can be. And actually I will re- mention this is the most recently I can remember is the The Pacers firing their uh, coach last year from last year, he lost the team. And when you lose a team and your front office or your higher ups know about it, Clark, you're out of there, man. Like they can't afford you losing your team. Like if you don't know, you know what I'm saying? If, if, they, if the, that you have no control over what goes on and you know, you're not also, you're not playing that well. that's a recipe for disaster so i don't think the play did did much because i mean again and i and i say this to say to to you know be frank for those of us that do watch college football and clark you may you may may or may not agree with me here but that team ever since they lost a lot of those guys to the nfl from that uh that championship team they really had a, a hard time reloading um teams, some teams rebuild, some teams reload. You see Alabama, the Ohio States, usually the Clemsons of the world, they reload. Whoever they bring in the next year will probably be just as good as who left, if not better, uh, or if not close to as good. In his case, he just, he didn't get that with LSU, uh, at LSU. He didn't really get the reloading. He was rebuilding. And that's the reason why I think we saw LSU struggle since they won the title. Um, and then we know now he lost the team, which is probably also the reason why he saw LSU struggle as well.
0: Yeah, and he was a great defensive coordinator before he became the head coach, so maybe yeah. that's where he should kind of go into maybe into his next job if he happens to get one is just be a defensive coordinator, but if you want a little bit more of a recency about uh coach losing his team, just look at the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, and I think we're yeah. going to be right in that ballpark as well, but... Uh, just for this news, uh, yes, Ed Orgeron will be out as coach uh, at the end of this season. So they will be looking to find a new coach, maybe someone a little bit younger. Who knows? We'll see what happens uh, moving forward with that team. Uh, last but not least in the news and notes, uh, just a quick little update for the MLB playoff pr- playoff show. Uh, as of this moment, the Houston Astros are up three games to two over the Boston Red Sox in a series that features zero pitchers uh, at this point. It's just home runs, grand slams for the most part. They are just uh, runs are dominating that series. I think the Red Sox have hit two and one game over in game two. So that's yep. how many have been hit at this point. Um, and as for the other series that will actually be playing tonight, the Braves are up three games to one over the Dodgers, and a little bit of a surprise uh, that Braves are playing out of their mind at this point. Unfortunately for the Dodgers, they've gotten uh, dealt with a lot of injuries up until this point. I think they just lost Turner last night for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, but, keep this in mind, that is an Atlanta team, and we all know what happens with Atlanta teams when they have a sizable lead. Uh, I won't jinx them or anything but uh, might being, already it, it might <laughs> happen already uh they are up three games to one to be playing tonight hopefully to close out that series and heading back to the world series for the first time since what year fletch
1: oh man Beastly, bro
0: <laughs> first year since 1999 <laughs> was the last time they were in the world series when they lost to uh my yankees that year uh, but okay it Quite a while since the Braves have been to the World Series. Um, We'll see what happens tonight. Hopefully, they can clinch or uh, the Dodgers can make it a little bit more interesting. But that is the news and notes for this week. Fletch, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we have a little bit of a celebratory year in the NBA. Uh, It is the 75th year of the NBA. It just recently got started as of two nights ago when two games were played. Um, the world was abuzz because when it comes to the NBA, they wanted to talk about the Lakers uh, and their first loss against the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think within minutes of them losing that game, I thought I saw headlines across the board about how Russell yeah. Westbrook just doesn't fit this team. Uh, do I have to be the Aaron Rodgers at this point and say, "Relax, it's been one game"? Oh my God! My goodness!
1: It's it. it, it Exactly, exactly. So we overreacted when the Packers lost to the Saints this year because of how they lost week one. Right. And a lot of people did overreact. This is a bigger overreaction. The NBA plays four times as many games as the NFL does. And it's one game. One game in the regular season does not really hold, especially the beginning of the season. Has no, holds no weight um, I say uh, What's what's I hope he did take the uh, Advice of LeBron James LeBron James something to go home Relax, see your family Go watch a comedy smile laugh. It's one game. It's only one game. it will be fine. I love that I absolutely love what LeBron said because there he's right Russell Rushwick is one of those guys the probably the most intense competitor in in today in basketball today um and he he wants to win every game. Um and rightfully so. I love that about Russell Westbrook and I think those that love him love that's the reason why. Um ultimately though, we have got to look at the bigger picture with the Los Angeles Lakers. That is an old team. They're not here to play for the regular season. LeBron James is here to play for rings. Anthony Davis is here to play for rings. Russell Westbrook is here to play for rings. We're not playing for the best record in the regular season. They probably could give, you know, no no they probably give no care in the world about losing or not even getting home court advantage in the regular season. Um they just want to be in the in the playoffs because they know once they're in the playoffs, if they're healthy and they're rolling, they're going to be the one of the favorites easily. And let's not forget people still fear LeBron James. So I'm um, let's let, let's just pump the brakes like you said in the name of Aaron Rodgers. Relax see what happens that's a good gold state team over there as well very cohesive um if you remember from last year they fought the lakers in the playing game um and then the grizzlies and then lost but if you look at that team um they're bringing back everybody that they had last year um and, and at this point they're waiting on james wiseman to come back they're waiting on clay thompson to come back that is a team that is a force to be reckoned with and the lakers also only had two of the same players played last night that were even on the team last year an entire new cast so it wasn't just westbrook it was the fact that there's no chemistry uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers yet. So let's pump the brakes and chill out a little bit.
0: Yeah, and speaking of chilling out a little bit, I think it was Stephen A. that was just very giddy after the Knicks had won in a double overtime game. He was very, very pleased to see uh, their win their opener game. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, Uh I didn't watch any of the game. I'm pretty sure at some point the fans were cheering, defense, defense was both teams just confused when they said that word. I mean, I know there's not much defense in the NBA. Obviously, this is very entertaining. Uh, but it was yeah. a very high-scoring double overtime game. It was, what, 148-something, to something, something like that? Um,
1: uh, 138 to 134 uh, was the final score in that game. Very high-scoring game, though. A lot of threes were hit. At one point, I thought, um, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, Brown. Um, Jalen Brown, I thought he was going to go for 50, 60, 70 plus. I think he had finished the first quarter with 18. And I I don't think he, I, I don't think he missed many shots at all. Um, but it was a, I will, I will say Clark, Stephen A is definitely overreacting, but it was a hell of a game. That was, that was what I wish we saw opening night, to be honest with you. That was great. Knicks Celtics classic NBA matchup. Um, great players on both sides, both playoff teams both have aspirations to make another, another, uh, uh push this year. And, uh, they make some moves in the offseason. And, hey, I love it when a trade works out. Evan Fournier, what, or a, or I shouldn't say a, ter- a trade, a deal works out. Evan Fournier was a somewhat questionable pickup, uh, that we actually discussed on this podcast. When we did our uh, when we uh, discussed the NBA a little bit, as as the uh, off season was really really you know on fire with the free agency moves, and that was one that we got we questioned a little bit just because we didn't really understand the the direction the Knicks were going. We liked the fact that they added another scorer. We didn't know if that's really what they needed because they have R.J. Barrett on the wing as well, and he proved last night, man, that might be exactly what they needed. They need another guy that can handle distribute, but ultimately put the ball in the basket. And Evan Fournier put the ball in the basket last night, and that's what led him to the to the to the double last night. So, that was a great game, Clark. Honestly, uh, I, I uh, started the game, passed out for a little bit, woke back up, and I'm glad I woke up when I did. I saw the entire fourth quarter and part of the third, uh, so I saw probably I don't know a little bit over half the game in total. But I enjoyed myself. I will say.
0: Yeah, it was very uh, entertaining type of game. Even though you did fall asleep during it. But at this point, maybe a Late. little bit of defense <laughs> might have kept you awake. Just just throwing that out there, NBA teams that can hear us. Very true. Uh, just a little <laughs> bit goes a long way. Um, obviously, Indeed. we mentioned it is the 75th year for the NBA. They're celebrating it. They're putting together the 75th uh, annual team, uh, 75 greatest yeah. players of all time. We will actually get into that next week. Um,
1: Well, Clark, really quick, actually, not to to cut you off. While we actually and everybody knows we record on Thursday nights, we release Friday mornings. We were hoping that this list would be ready. Clark, the list was actually just finalized, I think, about 10 minutes ago. Um, So we're kind of in luck a little bit. And I won't go into a lot of detail with this list. But what I will do, Clark, is is briefly highlight a few of the current players on this list just to kind of give them a shout out, uh, uh, let the people know who they are if they haven't noticed this already. TNT has been uh, going over this the last three days. Um, I think ESPN had it late yesterday, but Tuesday and today, TNT had it. Nonetheless, some of the names that are added, and, and, and NBA does a great job of not putting this in order. It's alphabetical order by day. So really quick, uh, Clark, I'll, I'll just run these. I'll gloss over these names real quick for you um Giannis Antetokounmpo Kevin Durant James Harden and actually we're going to do do the people that didn't make the 50 um because it's not really a long list at all Steve Nash Dirk Nowitzki that was all from day 1 day 2 highlighted Tim Duncan rightfully so Kevin Garnett Allen Iverson um Chris Paul And that was all the the, the new players from day two. Day three, which was today. These are the ones that are announced today. Ray Allen. The late, great Kobe Bryant. Stephen Curry. LeBron James. Jason Kidd. Kawhi Leonard. A surprise, but my current favorite, favorite player, Damian Lillard. Reggie Miller, who was not on the original team. For those that – well, let, let me make sure I'm not – oh, I'm sorry. Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade, I apologize, and Gary Payton as well. Um, the one thing that I will mention on this list, Clark, uh, that I really like to see – and, and I hate it because, I mean, he should be here, so I shouldn't say I, I really like love to see it. But it, I have a quick thing to mention about Shaq. Shaq had been playing in the league for four years and was already put on this list of the top 50 <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. If you go and look at the 75 list, there's no one drafted in the last five years that is on this list. So I just, wanted, I just want to mention that. That is an incredible feat. You were in the league for four years and enough people felt highly enough about you that you were in the top 50 of all time. Um, I just want to mention that while we talk about the the top 75, there's other names that are mentioned. And um, also to Clark, what the get what the analyst or the uh, NBA tried to do is they allowed voters um, that were either that followed the NBA closely or played in the NBA. Ernie Johnson and uh, Charles Barkley being two of them, uh, as they mentioned that they were voters on TNT mentioned that they would not touch the original 50 and they only put a new 25 in. So I, th- I think we got a mixture of that. We got some people that were actually left off the list this time and some people that, uh, that made the list before of the 50 when they did it back in 97. And then this time of round, uh, some of them didn't make the list and they added some new guys in. Um, I-, I-, I, have, I need to ask because that was a hot topic on uh, Tuesday night when I was watching the NBA tip-off show. Clark, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about them removing some of the 50 um, and recreating a new 75?
0: totally fine with it. I mean, you're going to have players that are going to beat out some of the older players. It's just what it is. I mean, Shaq beat out some of the players that were great before his time. It's the only difficult thing is obviously you're trying to compare apples to oranges is the only hard part, but uh, beyond that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have players like, you know, before Michael Jordan came to the league, there was somebody else that was really, really good before him. And then guess what? Mm -hmm. He came along and, Proved that he was just as good, if not better, than what they were. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So I understand that they didn't want to touch the original 50, but at the same time, you're going to have players that are going to be better uh, than those were. Now, granted, you you can't be 100% sure because they don't play against the same players. They don't play with the same rules. The three-point line didn't come in until later. There was goaltending that didn't come in until later. So players like a George Mikan that dominated before that was a rule was just... Uh, insane but imagine having Shaq in the in the or even Yao Ming back when goaltending was never a thing I mean come on it's a great point it would dominate so you're trying to make apples to oranges but yes when you're talking about uh, are you gonna have new players are you saying that those 50 I mean if you want to say top 50 players from this certain to this time frame to this time frame go that's totally fine but if you're gonna say all-time you got to reevaluate it with every single year with new players that come in, because eventually maybe some of these rookies will jump into the fray as well with when it gets to the right. you know top 100 or what have you. But yeah, it's just part of the process at this point. Now, if you want to save them and have a better complete uh list just go by decade then you'll have an exact idea because those players played against one another they played with the same rules they played against different uh, the exact same teams uh, you can do that but when you're trying to compare George yeah. Mike into Shaq, there is no comparison it's hard it, it, yeah it's, it's, it's very impossible hard. just like when they try to agree. talk about LeBron and, and and MJ they never played against one another they didn't play in the same time frame. You can't really yep. compare. It's all a matter
1: of opinion between those two. Yeah,
0: it's it's a popularity contest at that point, but it's fine. I mean, eventually there were going to be players like LeBron shows up. He's going to be in the top 50 somewhere or in the top 75. I mean, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, records are meant to be broken, and listing the greatest players of all time is meant to adjust over time. Unless you're just Agreed. one of the greatest of all time, then you're going to stay towards the top of the list. <laughs> it happens.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think we'll see uh, any Le- LeBron, uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordans or Magic Johnson's moved off this list. Um, so I do agree with you because the, you know, the, if you're going to rank the top 75 players of all time, and and i'm 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 glad they don't actually like list them one through seventy five that these are just the seventy five uh, because it is up to opinion um on who, you know, who's here, who's here. Um, and like you said, if players play against each other, it's a little, a little bit easier to rank them uh, than it is for players that didn't play against each other. So I, I agree with the process as well. Um, I think that, it is a, a great thing that they did because if you look at it, if you wanna if you wanna go ahead and, and be like, Okay, well they took my guy off the list. Well, they didn't really take him off the list. He's still on the fifty back in ninety seven. He's just not on this new seventy five here in twenty twenty one. Times have changed. Unfortunately, he just didn't make this cut. He was on the original team. So at one point he was one of the top fifty players of all time and and you can still have that opinion that he's still one of the top fifty players of all time. Um I don't, I, 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 there was a list on, they came on the screen, uh, kind of earlier in the podcast that I saw of notable names that were left off the list. I won't really go into them at all, but, um, that's something for the people at home to do. Go check out that 75, see who was missing from the original 50, and, you know, make your opinion from there. Uh, or also, too, any players from these last couple decades that were not added to the list. There was one that I was a little bit surprised about, and that was Vince Carter. So, um, you know, because the in, in reason why I mentioned him is because they always, they they reason why a lot of them say, or why Ernie, I'll use him as an example. Ernie Johnson said he didn't want to take any of the original 50 off because those 50 tell the story about the first 50 years of the NBA. Fair enough. But that's why we have that list still in our archives. Um, Vince Carter to me does tell the story of the last 75 years In a lot of eyes. He's the greatest dunker. The NBA has ever seen. Not to me, he was a bona fide all-star perennially with the Raptors and also with the Nets and then had a long story career where he helped a lot of young players out towards the back end of his career as he bounced around, um, you know, over the years. And I think he finished, I want to say with the Hawks. So, or Hawks are, uh, gosh, I can't remember. He played with the Kings, the Hawks, the Grizzlies source in his career, Mavericks. I, I know the, the Suns as well, but he helped a lot of young guys out. And a lot of young guys speak very highly of him too, just about what they were able, what he was able to do for him. So I was kind of expecting him to be there also with his involvement in in usa basketball this summer um he was the uh one of the um, announcers or commentators for the usa basketball games uh for those that watch the olympics and just his involvement recently i would assume that would also just at least give him somewhat of a nudge into the 75 i know it's not anything on the court but just seeing how involved he was even after he was done playing um and what he was able to do when he was playing i thought that might be enough uh to to leave him or to get him on that list but um, nonetheless, I just wanted to kind of mention the the notables uh, that were not on the original 50 um, that have now made the 75. Um, I guess, Clark, we can kind of move on a little bit and wrap up the NBA with the last bit of news that I had. We have some Ben Simmons updates for the people. Clark, are you ready? Go for it. <laughs> All right. So from last week, remember Ben Simmons? Uh, I think at this point we knew he was suspended the game. Or did we actually? I'm sorry. That might be more recent news. Was he he suspended by the time we did our podcast last week?
0: I don't believe so, no.
1: Okay. So we just knew he wanted out. But we knew he. No, that's what it was. We knew he showed up. And the most recent news is that he was asked to hop into a defensive drill. He refused. Therefore, he was thrown out of practice and thus suspended the game. Joel and B went went on and uh, did a quick little press conference. Nothing major. They always have these, but they had just asked him, you know, about it, about the situation. And he basically said, I don't care about that man. He's going to do what he's going to do. Um, you know, and that's kind of true. Like, he's going to do what he's going to do. So with that being said, with, with uh, the situation now, What's being said is that Ben Simmons still wants out of Philly. He's doing everything in his power to want out of Philly, which is the reason why he's, I'm assuming, doing these things. On the flip side as well, the other thing that's kind of been thrown out there is an injury that we have no clue about out of nowhere. I don't even know what the injury is. I believe the injury is a scapegoat uh, to get him out of Philly as well or allow him not not to suit up. Uh, for the 76ers until they figure out what they're going to do with him Also, too, there's a meeting go- uh, Supposed to be going on with Ben Simmons in the, in the front office of the 76ers as well So, I mean, we'll see how that goes just Over the next, I don't know days to the next week or so uh, But it's becoming a big saga um, You know uh, with, with, with the Sixers being Possible title contenders And having this kind of looming over their heads here So we'll see how things go um Clark I don't know if you caught this the Pelicans they played New Orleans Pelicans last night and they were chanting where's Ben Simmons uh I found that comical so another another classic troll
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, we'll have to keep an eye on this one because I think there is even mention about it could be a long four years uh between the 76ers and Ben Simmons uh, from what I last read but At this point, I think Vince Mm -hmm. Carter, I think in the video that he just put out recently, uh, said it best. Just find a way to to move on from this. Trade him, move on. You may not get that value, but obviously it's not working out. Let somebody else deal with it. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye as we continue to go along because it just continues to linger on for almost no reason at this point. Um, But we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons moving forward. Um, Anything else in the NBA before we move forward?
1: No, that was pretty much it, Clark, as far as NBA goes.
0: All right. And uh, I guess one last thing I do have is uh, let's keep a weight watch on uh, the uh, young star down there in New Orleans. Uh, He came into camp. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name at this point. Uh,
1: Zion Williamson.
0: Zion (laughs) Williamson coming into camp 300 plus pounds. Shocking most of the people that were there. So uh, much like we did with Eddie Lacy in the NFL, we'll have to keep a weight watch on him to see exactly if he can get back into playing shape or maybe he can dominate at this new weight. We will see. But that was definitely a shock to the brass there and Pelican's land. Yeah. Uh, So let's see how that goes. That's
1: That's not what you want to hear.
0: Yeah, definitely not something that... Uh, You spend up to do, and then you figure it out a little bit later on. But let's go ahead and jump into (laughs) college football. The AP Poll Week 8 has come out uh, with a bunch of losses. The most surprising loss with Iowa losing uh, to Purdue, getting slacked pretty hard. Uh, That was pretty much a blowout for the most part. So. Uh, having that on your resume is pretty much a no-go for the playoffs. So even if they win out and win the Big Ten Championship game, it's not going to sit well. They're going to need so much to happen in order to get into the Final Four because the committee just doesn't like blowouts on your record, especially against uh, non-ranked opponents, even though Purdue continuing to win. Actually, they are ranked 25 this week, so they're getting a little bit of help there, but not a whole lot. Um But as for the poll, Georgia is still number one. Cincinnati moved up to number two. Oklahoma at three. Alabama moved up to four. Ohio State at five. Michigan jumped up to number six. Penn State up to seven. Oklahoma State from 12 to eight after a nice win. Uh, Michigan State... Uh, jumping up as well to number 9, and Oregon at number 10. Uh, This week, games-wise, there's no ranked opponent versus ranked opponent this week. Uh, Everybody plays a non-ranked opponent when it comes to the top 25. Uh, It will be interesting to keep an eye on, obviously, the Big Ten because they still have four teams in the top 10 at this point, and if they all win... Moving into next week, you'll have a highly ranked Ohio State versus Penn State and Columbus under the lights at 730, as well as the first time since 1964, Michigan versus Michigan State, both ranked in the top 10, assuming Mm -hmm. they both win this week, which will help kind of clear out a little bit of crowdiness that the Big Ten has in the top 10 at this point. Uh, Fletch, at this point, when you're looking at the schedule, the upcoming games, is there anybody – You're worried about potentially being an upset alert or just a game that you like in general?
1: Well, there's two. One, we already have an upset. If uh, you were like me and decided to tune into some random football on Wednesday night, Coastal Carolina took a loss to Appalachian State. Um, So you have the quote-unquote highest rate. Rated team in the Carolinas, ironically enough, with Coastal Carolina uh, taking an L to their conference rivals there in Appalachian State, uh, 30 to 27. So, I mean, one upset has one upset has happened. Um, The other one that I am actually just the one the one I'm really looking at here to possibly be another upset. um, Kind of a few games, but I'll just kind of mention the one that I'm really intrigued about. And that's Oklahoma State at Iowa State. I don't know how good Iowa State or Oklahoma State really is. I think we know how good Iowa State is. Iowa State was highly ranked coming into the season, won a couple games, stayed there, but then they took a uh, a tough loss to Iowa, and then now Iowa's, you know, they took a loss as well. So we know, I, 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 we know this about Iowa State. A decent football team. We know that they have some really good players on on both sides of the ball. Uh, we know they're very well coached because they don't really, you know, they don't seem rattled. When they lose, they just lose, um, in my opinion. Just from watching them play a few times this season. Oklahoma State did have a really big win this past week, but I just really don't know exactly how good they are. And I think this would be a good test. It's in Oklahoma or in Iowa. Um uh they're they're at uh Jack Trice Stadium. It's three thirty. Um, I mean you could see a bit of fireworks there. So I'm curious to see how that game goes outside of that I'm really not seeing too much I mean you have the classic matchup between USC and Notre Dame but I'm expecting Notre Dame to you know to handle business um but yeah that's the one I'm looking at right now Clark as far as what's left here on the schedule what about you man
0: the only game that you have to keep a little bit of an eye on just because of who they've lost to, they've all lost to ranked opponents, and that is Indiana at home under the lights against Ohio State. Now, granted, Ohio State's offense has looked extremely good, but Indiana has played tough against ranked opponents. Their only losses is against Cincinnati. They lost against Penn State. I think they lost against Michigan. Uh, I can't remember their other loss, But they play ranked opponents tough, and obviously this coaching staff just really, really plays well against ranked opponents. I don't think they pull the upset, but it could be a little bit more interesting than uh, expected at this point in Indiana.
1: Um, Long-time game, too. Yeah,
0: and they put it underneath the lights a couple weeks ago, which was a little bit of a surprise. Everybody was kind of thinking the Penn State game, which is now under the lights, so everybody can— Take a little bit of a breather there, but obviously that game will look a little bit better if both Penn State and Ohio State win this week. Now, one last question before we move on to the NFL. Uh, Alabama currently a 25-point advantage against Tennessee. Is there any chance that Tennessee can lose by less than 25 points at this one?
1: No. (laughs) <laughs> they get they 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 get decimated. <laughs> I am I'll just be I am flat a out there. little
0: surprised that it's only twenty five.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more thirty five is my uh, would be my line um, that I would that I would put on this game. To be honest with you, um, it does make interesting. I guess, like you said, kind of really before we move on. I'm glad we kind of stopped here. Because it is interesting. I guess, Clark, let me ask you, and I think you know a little bit better than me, when does the college football playoff ranking begin? Is that next week or the week after? I know we're really close. The week
0: after is November 2nd is when that rankings will come out. So for us, we'll actually have to do a quick little video on Monday evenings to do our prediction show and then do a quick live session as they come out, either tuesday or maybe even do the reaction on thursday we haven't quite talked about it at this point but we'll definitely have to do something just a little quick thing on monday just to do our predictions uh on monday because we've got to kind of figure out who wins the games on saturdays uh in order to do the prediction but uh we still may do our reactions on uh thursday show uh moving forward but Stay in tune for that. Once we finalize the time, I think we'll finalize it before next week, and we will uh, let everybody know moving forward. But, yes, November 2nd is when the first rankings come uh-huh. out. And, again, the committee is looking for figure out who you are, if you have any big wins on your resume, and do you have any big losses on your resume because they won't like you if you do. Um,
1: right. And at this point, I think right we know now, who
0: number one is pretty simply. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. The the two that I think will probably be on the lookout, Clark, is uh, the number two and three teams in the country, Oklahoma and Cincinnati, just because we know how the country or we know how the committee has uh, routinely over the last, you know, six – seven years that this thing has been rolling, how they view these group of five or mid-major schools. So we'll see how they feel about Cincinnati. This year, Cincinnati does have a better resume going for them, so I don't think they'll slight them much. But then also then you have Oklahoma, who is every tough opponent they've played against has been a close game. Really, every game has been close. They, I mean, up to this point, I just want to double check and make sure I'm not, not misspeaking here. No, I said this on the last last week's show. Um, They have won every game except against TCU. That was their first win by more than one score. So we will see how the committee views that as well as see how the committee views uh, Cincinnati and their schedule with a quality win over UCF and a big win over Notre Dame. Um, 24 to 13 was that score. And then uh, Cincinnati does have uh, SMU, who is ranked 21 right now, uh, down the line and so i'm very curious when these first polls come out if cincinnati and oklahoma are still undefeated on how they will be ranked i have an an idea on ohio state because we'll have the ohio state penn state game so we'll know between those two teams on who's going to be able to maybe make it in or be stuck at five and then obviously alabama we will see how higher low they rank them i assume they will be in your top four as long as they continue to win as well uh, but uh, I think uh, those are the things that I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks with the playoffs, especially with a few big matchups coming up.
0: Yeah. And just like I mentioned earlier with that cluster or cluster of a bunch of big 10 teams, uh, we'll know within the next couple of weeks, especially with uh, the potential two top 10 games ne- or next week, as long as they win this week. But One week at a time. They've got to win this week moving forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we go to the NFL, I want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Legit Framing. Uh, Yes, you have... Uh, stuff that you want framed you have some jerseys you want to show it off to all your friends maybe have uh, a halloween party that you want to show them off at or you have a friends giving that you have every single year this is the time to do it simply go to facebook.com legitframing or legitframing at hotmeal.com and get your free quote today again legitframing create your next conversation piece And now we move on to the NFL schedule. It's nice and loaded on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. If you are listening, if you go to basically any ESPN.com, NFL.com, you can pull up the entire schedule. There are six teams, like we mentioned, on a buy this week, which is not making it fun for fantasy purposes. But for the NFL, we had to pick six of these remaining games, six of the 13 games Uh, In order to do our pick six this week, obviously tonight, Denver versus Cleveland, we did not pick that one because we want you to play along. Simply put in the comments who you want to win each and every single game. We'll add you to the list. And at the end of the year, we'll see how well you do against us. And granted, last week, just everyone did about better than what we did last week there, Fletch. We both went two and four last week. Uh, It was uh, not great for us, but hopefully we can get back on track this week. We have, again, six wonderful games to choose from. Uh, This week, let's start off with the Chiefs versus the Titans. We have seen King Henry kind of cement himself as A, the best player this year, uh, not only in real football, but in fantasy football by quite a large margin. But B, we've also seen the Chiefs that are kind of vulnerable at this point. They really haven't put it together. Patrick Mahomes, again, still, I think the last stat that I've seen, he's thrown 13 interceptions over the last 15 games, something like that. Uh, He is quite quite inaccurate over these last 15 or so games uh, in between these two teams. For me, uh, how are you going to go against King Henry? I've got the Titans. Fletch, who do you got?
1: Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been very weird um, is the word that I'm going to use. What's going on with Kansas City right now? Um, and also Pat Mahomes, uh, we know Pat Mahomes is a bit of a gunslinger, but, you know, just how great he's played since he's been in the league, especially, you know, lately, um, just not something we like to see. But with the offense, with Kansas City offense still being explosive as they are, but having some struggles, um, you know, you're kind of expecting maybe a somewhat of a high-scoring game this week, but the problem over there in Kansas City is still that defense, man. I don't see how they can stop. Derrick Henry and company either. I'm going to go with the Titans on this one. Tannehill is a very good quarterback. Um, You know, Derrick Henry has proven that he's the best running back or the best player in the league right now. Um, I think he kind of took last year and him not being named the best. I know McCaffrey is rated higher than him on Madden. He doesn't have an MVP. He's had a 2,000-yard season. I think he has a chip on his shoulder, man, and he's been playing out his mind. Um, So I'm going with the Titans.
0: Very good pick. And I just had a little bit of a breaking news coming from Sleeper app. Obviously, if you are on Sleeper, you get the news very quickly. And speaking of that chip on your shoulder, eh, maybe not the best wording to use, but uh, it has been reported by Jay Glazer that Baker Mayfield also has a fractured humerus bone in his shoulder, including a torn labrum. Um Last time I checked, that's pretty much surgery listed in his future somewhere along the line. We'll see exactly what happens there. But I'm going to – this is this one could be tough for the Browns moving forward. They're having quite a bit of a down year after such a tremendous year they had last year. So we'll keep that in mind. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to our next game of the pick six. We have the Bengals versus the Ravens. The battle for the uh, – supremacy of the afc north at this point the ravens have a one game over oh, yeah. the ravens that are over the Bengals that have been playing very very well of late uh and this one for me i, I gotta go with the ravens i think they're just going to continue to move forward lamar has been throwing the ball tremendously well haven't really seen him run the ball that much because when you throw it to your receiver and they catch it they do really good things fletch do you also yeah. agree
1: I do agree. I do agree. I think the Ravens win this game. I and I wanna and I want to mention this about this game. Um, Clark, I don't know if you've you've noticed this. There's been two things going on, two storylines with these two teams. The Bengals have essentially, I don't know, they're flying completely under the radar. They're four and two, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. Okay, and they are a very good team. Uh, very well put together. All the little question marks we heard about Joe Burrow's knee, Jamar Chase, uh, um, you know, dropping passes and not being able to catch the NFL ball, it's erased. It's done. These questions are no longer valid. Um he's they they've both been playing extremely well. Joe Mixon's been playing well. The defense has actually been playing well. Um on the other side is the other unique storyline. Mina Kimes over at ESPN, I love how she said this. I've never seen the goalposts moved more for any one player than lamar jackson it's no matter how well he plays it's almost like they still treat him or talk talk about him as a running back playing quarterback and um it's very unfair um in my opinion it's a very unfair criticism of his um i also too um i didn't realize this i think last game or the game prior can't remember but the news came out i think it was a, that was the first time a pass or a uh what is the what is the uh uh unnecessary roughness or roughing the passer call was ever called against Lamar Jackson I, I get he runs a lot but I'm pretty sure he's had at least one late hit in his NFL career and, and before that um so very very interesting those are two storylines that I just found kind of unique with these two teams one that Cincinnati no one's taking them seriously even though they've actually affordable formidable teams and maybe should be five and one if you know, they make a field goal first against Green Bay in that wild overtime game we saw. Um, and then on the flip side with Lamar Jackson, it's like you, you we can't keep moving the goalposts and expecting more from a guy that you mentioned it perfectly, Clark, that has been playing very well as a passer. He's been passing the ball extremely well. Marquise Brown has been benefiting from this mark andrews has been benefiting from this the running backs are now not overused lamar jackson's legs are now not overused i'm picking the ravens on this mind you but at the same time i wanted to mention these things because these are very unique things and now we have the afc title at least as of today on, or as of Sunday on the line, which always makes for a uh, a great football game, in my opinion, with that football conference so or division. So I'm pumped for that game. That's one game I'm looking forward to. I have the Ravens. I can't bet against Lamar Jackson this season. He's proved me wrong more times than I like to admit, so I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson and the, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens.
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, picking Justin Tucker as the better kicker between those two teams is always a good thing. <laughs> Uh, Moving on to our next game, we have the Lowly Jets versus the Lowly Patriots. Both teams struggling this season, obviously. Both have rookie quarterbacks uh, leading the way. Uh, This one we put on the board just because, why not? Plus, we only had 13 games to choose from. Uh, I've got the Patriots winning this one. Who do
1: you got? Hey, man, we're on the same boat here three games in a row. I have the Pats as well. I do not trust rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick. Um, I think we'll see a bad game from uh, Zach Wilson. I think the uh, Pats will play well. I think Mac Jones will play very solid, and I think they'll take this one home. Um, I wouldn't say too easily, but the line is seven points. I'm going to say they're going to cover the spread.
0: Yeah, I agree. And your very first point about rookie quarterbacks going against Bill Belichick, and never go against Bill Belichick in this one. That's why we both have the Patriots. Uh, moving on, we have the Bears versus the Buccaneers, uh, a team of the Bears that is trying to find its identity on offense. Uh, Justin Fields hasn't quite figured it out at this point, not as quickly as we thought he would. And on the other side, the ageless wonder, Mr. Tom Brady, just maybe, maybe it's only his fifth year in the NFL, maybe his sixth year. He's... He just continues to move forward. He's fine. <laughs> uh clearly I've got the Buccaneers yeah. winning this one. Fletch, I assume you agree.
1: I do. I do. I do agree. I actually uh, I actually like what's going on in Chicago right now. They're three and three. And if people forget, they were a playoff team last year, uh, regardless of who was playing quarterback. So I think you're seeing field slowly develop over the course of the season i think this is a good test for him because the buccaneers have arguably the one of the best front sevens in the league uh the secondary is is a bit uh undermanned right now and probably a little undermanned in the first place so they're losing you know they lost quite a bit of starters they brought in richard sherman who tweaked his hammy and uh, he's also out for a little while so um i'm expecting Justin fields actually to have a pretty solid game i don't expect for this game to be that close though i think tampa bay is just overall too much of a team uh to really like worry about this game at all i got the bucks winning pretty handily
0: nothing wrong with that There, moving on to the sunday night football game we have the colts versus the 49ers i think jimmy g is going to be starting this one because trey lance is injured at this point uh the colts run game has been very very good of late jtt mm-hmm. has been dominating uh against opponents 49ers not as strong as they were in the past against the run, I will say that, but offensively, as long as Debo Samuel is open, they're going to get him the ball, and he is going to run a long, long ways. Granite Kittle is out for this one, so we might see a little bit more of Brandon Ayuk, a little bit of uh, usage in this one, but he hasn't really been involved all that much this year. Uh, this one is a little bit more of a coin flip for me, just because I'm not sure exactly if my Niners can get it done this week. Uh, but I do have my 49ers, who I've been 0-2 picking this year. Why not go for 0-3, but maybe 1-2 and 2 will just happen for me. I've got the 49ers. Who do you got?
1: You know, Clark, I've been back and forth on this game all week. Um, I'm in a pick em sheets where we pick every game at work. Um, we do our pick-six. Uh, We talk often. We're in the same fantasy football league. I know you have other leagues you're in. I'm in other leagues. This game is a coin flip for me as well. I've been really, really teetering back and forth. So I'm just going to tell the people I told you the Niners yesterday. I'm changing my pick here today. I'm going with the Colts. I don't know what it is. It's just something about my feeling about this game. I think the Colts just get it done. The Colts have been playing pretty good football. They just, you know, lost some close games this year. Um, with one of them being the most recent. I think the Ravens game last week is what it was. They lost a nail body there. I mean, four-point spread. Both, I mean, uh, the Niners have have been, um, you know, a little bit hit by injuries. You mentioned it, and this is part of the reason why I'm picking the Colts, is Jonathan Taylor has been playing extremely well. Um, And I think that's going to have a lot to say about this game. The other person that has been playing well that has swayed my opinion today, and granted, it's it's funny. We record these on Thursdays. I might have a different opinion on Friday, to be completely honest with you. Um, The last player that I want to mention that's kind of swayed my my pick here is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been playing good football. I think he will play good football Sunday night, and I think they get it done, man. I'm going to switch my pick, and I'm going to go with the Colts on this one.
0: You know, I'm glad that you switched the pick. It would have been great. Had it been you know i had the logo ready to go but that's fine i'm sorry man. it's fine i was able to switch it it's on okay. the fly some people were probably be like why nice. is he looking over at this other screen forever well you know Fletch. Okay. that's what happens when you change your pics but it's fine uh he's got it happens winners.
1: on live tv too we'll deal with it <laughs>
0: Moving on to our last game, it is the Monday night football game. It is the Saints versus the Seahawks. Obviously, Geno Smith continuing to be the quarterback there with Russell Wilson on injured reserve. Uh, and then you have the Saints with their kind of offense. They're really, really good defense. Uh, I've got the Saints winning this one. Fletch, who do you got?
1: Switch them out. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that to you again. I, I, I have A the Saints it. as well. I saw it in it. your
0: eyes. You're about to switch it again.
1: <laughs> I had to, I had to I had to. You left me no choice there. But no, ser- it's all seriousness, I actually do have the Saints in this one still. Um, I just don't trust Geno Smith leading the offense right now. Um, I mean, that's saying a lot because I mean, not many of us trust Ju- Justin J- Jameis Winston either. But I do think top to bottom, the Saints just have a you know more well-rounded football team uh, than the Seahawks. You know, partially due to not having Russell Wilson. Um, it's hard for me to pick the Seahawks without Russell Wilson um extremely hard for me to pick them without russell wilson i'm going with the saints mainly for that reason but also too i think the saints are, are at least a solid football team and honestly man if the saints win they'll be four and two um that's kind of interesting when we start to look at the, the uh the nfc race a little bit because the um i did not honestly i did not expect them to be anywhere near i i expected them honestly to have a losing record most of the season uh so seeing them at four and two, the deep, like you said, the defense is playing great. Kamara still does what he does. Um Mike Thomas, I heard, was a little uh it may not be coming back as soon as they would like him to, but he's still in the fold to come back this season. Um, which could help them, especially if they keep winning games. We'll see what happened Monday night, but I have the Saints as well.
0: Agreed. And like you mentioned, Michael Thomas uh, typically was going to be back sometime within the next this week or with the next two weeks. But it seems like it's going to be a little bit longer before he gets back. So uh, the coaching staff there in New Orleans is going to continue to hold the reins for Jameis Winston just to make sure he doesn't put together uh, the type of season that, you, you know, throw 30 touchdowns. They'll take. But the 30 interceptions, they don't want none of. So. They are totally happy with him throwing very, very little uh, in each of these games. And if you would like to join us in for these pick sixes, we'll be posting these uh, on Facebook as well as various other places to simply put your picks in the comments. We will add you to the big board and hopefully you can do better than what we did last week. And hopefully we can do better than last week as well. Uh, Let's go ahead into our NFL top 10 teams here, six through 10. Um, I will do this a little quicker here. At my number 10, I've got uh, King Henry Is their first time on my top 10. Uh, they have proven that, you know, they're pretty good team. Defensively, they still have some question marks, but when King Henry runs for three touchdowns multiple times this year, it kind of demands that he's going to be somewhere in that top 10. At number 10, Fletch, who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. I have the uh the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I haven't taken a little bit of a step back. I think I had them as high as six last week, uh, leading into that Ravens Chargers game, and uh, I don't know if it was the Ravens or the Chargers, but uh, the Ravens dominated from you know kickoff to the final whistle and. You know, due to that, I got to I got to take them back a notch, but I do want to keep them at ten. I do think that Chargers team is a good team. They ran into a great Ravens team that is uh, poised to do big things this year and currently doing a lot of big things. And you know, I think that was part of the reason it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Uh, so I got the Chargers sitting at number ten. Uh, they're they're what they've done this season is very good. Uh, still, even with that loss on the record, so they're number ten for that reason.
0: Agreed. And number nine, I have. For the first time in my top 10, the Cincinnati Bengals. We talked a little bit about how much better they've played this year. And they're a good team. Mm -hmm. Granted, they got to figure out that kicking situation. Oh, he's a rookie kicker. It's going to happen defensively. uh, They're good. They're not overly great. They're not going to dominate games. But they are going to keep their offense in the games. And as long as Joe Burrow and that pass-catching group uh, stays healthy and as long as Mixon stays healthy – Uh, they are Mm -hmm. going to go places. uh, Fletch, who do you have at number nine?
1: I like the pick. I like the pick so much. I got the same team at number nine as well. We got the (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals. Let me ask you this here. How many points total has Cincinnati lost by this season?
0: Uh, That is a great question. I want to say it's probably low numbers. How many points have they lost by this season?
1: Six. Total points. They wow. lost against the Bears week two. 20-17. Packers. And everybody knows what happened. 25-22. Uh, quality team. Jaguars, they beat them. Supposed to. Lions handled them. 34 11 And Ravens this week. Let's see the Raiders, the Steelers, charge the Niners coming up here shortly. So they have a couple games in here that they may be able to get a couple wins out of, but then they have some tough games that we'll really be able to see with this team is. And they do have the Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns. So a list as you do, Clark, with a little bit of surprise. Um, some people could easily say they should be two and four, but. Here they are at four and two and looking very good.
0: Agreed. And as uh, again, both of our picks at number nine are the Bengals. At number eight, I have the Chargers sitting at number eight. Uh again, a very good team put well together. They've got a very good receiving core. Love uh Mr. Herbert fighting Herberts. at number eight. At number eight, who do you got?
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Um it looks like we flipped eight and ten here. I got the Titans head here at uh here at eight. I had him 10 last week, and then uh, the win impressed me enough. They moved up on my list here. I had a, I got him moving up to eight. Again, did you really like what I see? I think that was the first time we saw the big three together, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and uh, Derrick Henry. Um, we're going to see a lot more of that this season. I think we'll see a lot more of uh, Julio get a little bit more involved. By the way, Clark, did you see the catch Derrick Henry made last week? Catch there by Julio. Did you, did you have a chance to catch that?
0: I saw the one with Julio. Yeah, but uh, for our viewers that haven't heard it, uh, explain what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So, I don't know how DB was. Pass is thrown. DB's not not looking back. Gets the pass interference called on him. Um, ball hits him in the back of the helmet. Pops up in the airhead for the sideline. Julio dives. Toe taps, which I don't know how he got his feet in. Nonetheless, toe tap, caught the ball. First down, play goes on. And honestly, man, this, it's been a catch of the year, but that was also, to me, the turning point in that game. Um, that's You can kind of tell Tennessee, made, I don't know if that gave him a little bit of a boost there, but that was a hell of a catch and the best catch I've seen so far this year.
0: Yeah, it was an absolutely amazing catch. It looked like it might have not have been a catch to begin with, but uh, definitely one of the better right. catches of the year. Uh, not to overshadow what King Henry did in that game, but – uh, definitely one of the better catches that we have seen in uh, at least this year. Anyways, uh, moving on to number seven, I have the Dallas Cowboys sitting there again, offensively. They are one of the better teams. They're on a buy this week. Hopefully they can get Dak Prescott healthy moving forward. Um, but for number seven, who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. My number seven team is actually the Green Bay Packers. Um, again, they're just, you know, you know, steady, steady climbing up this board. I had them nine last week. Um, let's be honest, if they don't lose so bad week one, they're probably on our list to start. Uh, but nonetheless, here they are at four and one with the only loss, or excuse me, five and one. Um, um, but the only loss on their record being that opening opening game against the uh, against the Saints. You could just tell they just laid an egg. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly going to be, not really going to be holding that against them any longer. Um, I do think they'll continue as long as they continue to win here. I got, I got, I got the Green Bay Packers here at number seven.
0: Very nice pick. I like it so much. I'm gonna have at number six those same Green Bay Packers. I like them just a little bit more than you two. Uh, you do. But at number six, who do you
1: have? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my number six is actually your number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys actually look like a very good well-rounded football team not only on the offensive side of the ball do they look amazing as usual on the defensive side of the ball they look pretty damn good um not saying that they're anything like uh any one of the top you know top units in the league um I'm not sure exactly where you know how they rank or rate them right now um you know amongst the whole 30-32 but at the same time what we've seen this year is a much improved defense, especially over like the last, I don't know, I don't know how long the defense has been porous and, 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 you know, and, and poor and under average to say the least over the last four to five years this year, it seems all those defensive draft picks and the changes that they've made they're, they're, they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good. I got them here at six.
0: Very nicely picked there. So uh, I'm going to rattle off my top five because honestly, There's only really one change in my top five from last week. My top four stay the exact same. It is the Bills at four, the Mm -hmm. Buccaneers at three, the Rams at two, and then the undefeated Cardinals at number one. Uh, At number five, I have the Ravens jumping into the top five this week. Again, we've talked about it quite a bit uh, with Lamar Jackson just looking like a much more complete quarterback at this point, which is uh, dangerous for anybody in the NFL, because if you can't. Catch him running, and he's throwing the ball better to his receivers. It makes for a very dangerous, com- or dangerous combination, uh, and that team be potentially pushing for a uh, maybe a Super Bowl run this year. Who knows? Fletch at number five. Who do you got?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have the Ravens also at number five, man. Um, I actually had them at five last week. Good win against the Chargers. Um, I still have them at five. Um, I just could not put them above the four that are in front of them um, just due to what the other four have done so far this season. There is one that I will, that I, there, there is there is one of these that I did debate very long about before solidifying them, solidifying them I'm sorry, at number five. And I'll kind of uh, go into my top five as well if I can there. Yeah. Um, at five. Of course, I do have the Ravens at four, and this is who I was debating with a lot was the Bills. Um, After that loss this past week, it was a tough loss. Um, We'll kind of we'll mention this here after we're done with our top ten about the play call at the end of that game. But then uh, one through three, I have the Cards at one. Uh, Finally, I'm on that bandwagon with you after the Bills. they fell from number one, and then uh, the the I know, man, I know, man, I I know Cards Nation is probably like, what are you doing? Half the country's probably like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, man. Up until the point, the Bills just looked really good. And granted, yeah, they didn't. They they smacked around a bunch of teams they probably should have, but they just looked very complete. They still look complete against Tennessee, just uh, didn't quite get the job done. But I, I do, I am, I am with the cards, uh, number one, Rams, number two, um, and then the Bucks, number three. Um, and obviously, we mentioned them, Bills, four, Ravens, five. To close out my top five there. Um Clark, our top 10, we have the same teams, just a slightly different order uh, with a few kind of, you know, swapped around here in spots. The one thing I will ask you is this. Um, as the next few weeks come and go, who do you see that's not on this top 10 list that you see possibly making this top 10 list?
0: Uh, With the teams that I have listed, I was going through a couple other ones that could potentially crack into the top 10. I know for a little bit, I had the Panthers, but after their hot start, they have kind of fallen by the wayside at this point. Um, Let me pull up my sheet here. Um, A team that could potentially crack into the top 10. Um, The Raiders got back on their winning, winning ways after uh, removal of their head coach. So, they could potentially get back into that top 10. They're sitting at four and two. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, if they just continue to win, they could potentially be back into or into that top 10 as well. Um, really, they'd be the only two teams that I can think of unless uh, we uh, see a surprise uh, game out of maybe like Minnesota could potentially be there. The Colts have a long way to go, but I kind of like what they're doing Um but, yeah, at this point, it would either be the Saints or, uh, as I mentioned, the Raiders would be one of the top two on the outside looking in. Uh, who are your outside looking in teams?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm outside looking in, um, right now, there's – I mean, the Saints are a good pick. And 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 um, I really like that you mentioned them. The Saints have actually only given up 91 points this season. I know they have the the bye week to help them out. But um, just looking at other teams as well, like, for instance, the Niners also had a very, the same bye week, and they've given up 119 points. Um, so it just kind of just, kind of shows you how well the Saints defense has been playing. Um, so I think the Saints would be one of my first teams on the outside looking in, um, and then the other team would be also for me, the Raiders, the one team to look out for. Uh, moving forward, or two teams I should mention. One of them, obviously, is somebody that should be in the top 10, but I don't know what the hell is going on, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm expecting them to make a run at some point this season and uh, solidify their place again in our top 10. And the other team that I'm actually going to mention is somewhat of a surprise, and this is why they're power rankings, right, and not stand things. The Indianapolis Colts actually have a plus in their point differential right now, but they're 2-4. and four. That you know what that tells me there, that means they're in every game. Um, I'm curious to just, just to see what happens now because they are in a division that they have two teams that are essentially dumpster fire organizations right now. So you can almost lock in these wins moving forward, for, at least for against those teams. Um, as long as the Colts do what they're supposed to do, I mean, you have to play the games, that's why we play. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm expecting the Colts to really, you know, show one that defense is as good as what they said they were coming into the season. Um, and Darius Leonard, uh, spoke about, you know, how good they were, you know, how, how good they were last season and how good they plan to be this season. So I expect him, you know, leading that defense and to get a little bit better. And it looks like Carson Wentz is getting a little bit more comfortable. Jonathan Taylor's playing very well. They just got T.Y. Hilton back to add to that receiving core, uh, to add a little bit more of experience and another deep threat to that receiving core. So I am very, very curious to see how good the Colts will actually be. Um, in a you know tough conference that is the AFC moving forward again if they get hot they can really slide slide into that top ten and possibly into the playoffs later in the season.
0: Agreed, it's very very nice picks there. And again, our top ten like you mentioned a lot of the same teams, the exact same teams, just a little bit different here and there. But I am finally glad uh, that you have finally seen the light and put the undefeated Cardinals at the top. Um, Hopefully, if they continue to win, you'll keep them there. But who knows? Maybe the Rams will be pushing their way to the top. At this point, they obviously have to face the Cardinals a couple times this season, so we'll see how that progresses. Fletch, anything else before we say our final goodbyes?
1: Um, not any, not really. What? Uh, just, oh, well, actually, a couple things. I take that back. I always got something to say, Clark. You know me. Oh. <laughs> A um, few things to really look for, obviously, this weekend, uh, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, this is hell week for, you know, fantasy football, six teams on a bye week, all of which have a lot of players, we're only going to name a few Steelers, Cowboys, Chargers, um, you know, are some of the teams bills um, are some of the teams that are really good right now that are going to be missing a lot of players uh, from your lineup. So just prepare wisely for that. If you haven't already, you should have already. Um, the other things to mention is that we will uh, um, I'll be mentioning a little bit about the uh, upcoming fight that we have with uh, Canelo Alvarez and Caleb plant. Um, that will be something I may touch on briefly next week and then also I'll go into the NBA 75 a little bit and uh, I might have a few updates on some snubs uh, that I feel like should have possibly made a list. And Clark, in your in your in your realm of things, uh that I that I love to dibble and dabble in a little bit more as of lately, the uh baseball playoffs, MLB playoffs, I think come next week, Clark, where where along the lines will we be? Will we be in World Series territory as long as the series or will we be closer to seven games if the ends up uh going a little bit longer than they are, are than they are looking like they're gonna go? By the
0: time our podcast next week, we should know who's in the World Series.
1: I mean, I would imagine that's oh, night... one thing that uh, I don't care what sports you like.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree that the World Series is definitely one of the more exciting uh, series to watch. But my my guess is with the injuries oh, yeah. that the Dodgers are dealing with, the Braves should be able to handle things tonight. And then uh, they'll have an off night tonight. But then I think they're going back to Houston for the next two games. So uh, we will know uh probably saturday if they have to go to a game seven we will know who and who will represent the al and the world series
1: awesome awesome well i'm looking forward to as usual have a great week of sports um for those at home follow us on twitter aka sports pod uh subscribe like comment all that good stuff clark i'll hand it back over to you you got anything else for us
0: I think we are good for now. We'll keep an eye on all the sports this weekend, especially with college football, hopefully setting up some good matchups for the following week. And we have our college football playoff rankings on November 2nd. So be uh, watching out for that as well. Um, as for us right now, my name is Clark Heron, AKA the Harry Hobo. That's Fletch. And we're out of here.
1: Peace.